Why, hello, and thank you for choosing the Vegan Luna podcast. If you came here to listen to influencers, business owners, people that are really making a change in this world and really creating some amazing ideas and amazing inventions, then you came to the right show. This show showcases some of the top people in the world that are making an impact, whether it's the environment, whether it's for health, or whether it's for the animals. This podcast is also available on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Perium, for providing some of the best organic superfoods that you could find on the market, as well as Vegan Nation, who is the first ever company to create a cruelty-free currency. Please go take a look at those. I cannot express this enough. All right. Hello and welcome to the Vegan Luna podcast. We're here. um, We're delighted with another super special individual. And this person comes out of the country of Belize currently. Um, So a country um, that most people don't talk about. Um, It's right next to Mexico. Uh, So if you guys are familiar with Mexico, that's where it's located. So we're talking to Nasreen. She is the owner and founder of Serenity Retreats Belize, which is a vegan resort community that's being built right now that we're so excited for. And also Sunset Cabanas, which is a vegan village um, where people can um, live and create. And and it's like a little community um, that has been built out there. So we're so excited to hear the stories um, that she's ready to share with us because I know that you guys are in for a really good treat. Um, So before we do that, I want to ask you a couple what I call quick vegan questions. So I have five um, questions. They're designed to be relatively quick, um, but feel free to answer them as you see fit. Uh, So question number one, what do you think it will take to get to a vegan world? Uh, Community. So I strongly believe in a sustainable vegan eco community living. I think we need to go back to that way of life. Um, I don't think the way of life that we're living, not that I'm living, but that uh, the majority of the world is living right now is sustainable. I think we know this at this point. Um, yeah, not sustainable. And right now, the, what the world needs is a lot of healing and a lot of people coming together as community, rebuilding, um, reestablishing a natural world, a vegan world, uh, one where we're growing our own food, where we're living in nature, this is what we definitely need to see. Um, and the more we see it, the more inspiring it is for other people to want to live that way uh, because the stressful life is just not, uh, not that conducive anymore. I mean, people keep talking about wanting to leave the matrix. This is all I'm hearing now. So this is definitely the direction we need to go in. Can I just make one statement um, before you go to your next question? I just wanted to, uh, just to clarify, uh, you had mentioned uh, Serenity Retreats believes that we're a developing resort community. We're actually an established resort community. So it's an established treehouse resort community already exists. We do yoga retreats here, all vegan retreats. Um, It's everything else that we are, we're creating, which I'll talk more about after. Oh yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry if I, if I had uh, misspoke about that one. Awesome. Oh no, that's okay. Yeah. So um, it's interesting about sustainable. Do you think that like the challenge with, with 7.5 billion people would be that everyone can live in that, in that lifestyle and that um, that's a tough part. You think that that's something that's possible? Uh, community living with, with 7.5 billion people? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There is definitely enough space on this planet. There is enough for everybody's needs here if we're working together. 
obviously, you know, the saying, there's enough for everyone's need, but not enough for everyone's greed. But if we're all working together as communities, absolutely, we can live so harmoniously. We can make the entire earth garden of Eden. Awesome. That's great. All right. So question number two, what is the biggest myth surrounding veganism in your opinion? What's the biggest myth that you hear? Um, that you can't get your protein from a plant-based diet. So if we're, if we're going to go in the direction of diet with veganism, then it's always, it always comes down to protein, you know, some type of nutrient that people think that you're going to lack uh, going vegan. So that's probably the biggest myth. Yeah, and the reality is that you can get every single essential nutrient on a plant-based diet perfectly fine. Like typically Absolutely. the only one that's a challenge because of the way that we live now and, and the set, how everything's so sanitized and chlorinated and pesticide and all these chemicals is the B12, you know, B12, so you have to yeah. just be really careful about um, getting the B12. Besides that, you know, like everything is, is, is easy to obtain. Everything's easy to obtain. But to be honest, when I wasn't vegan, I had issues obtaining B12. Being yeah. vegan, I have not had any issues. Growing your own food and nutrient-dense soil, you're not going to have B12 issues. So yeah, it's, it's all about education. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're growing your own food. You're having the nutrient dense soil. It's all there, right? It's, it's yeah. like, it's like the big commercial, you know, places that most people eat that, that probably aren't getting that, um, on, on no. any kind of diet for sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, number three, what is your favorite dish? What is your favorite thing to eat? If you uh, tabbouleh. <laughs> oh, I'm Middle really? Eastern background. So tabbouleh oh, is yeah. Yeah, my go-to food. Uh, always, always like I could literally live on that day and night. Quinoa tabbouleh? Quinoa tabbouleh, yes. I will still yeah. go for bulgur wheat, but I won't overdo it with the bulgur wheat. I mostly go for quinoa tabbouleh now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, living in Kuwait, like we would see that all over. It was very popular in pretty much, in a lot of the Middle East, of course, in the, in the restaurants, but also in the Lebanese, uh, the yeah. Lebanese um, uh, restaurants. That was like, for sure, in all the, all the Lebanese ones. A staple. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, next question is, what is your favorite animal? Uh, oh, my God. My favorite animal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't know that I have a favorite animal. I don't know. That's I identify one, right? with a panther, but I don't know mm. if I have an actual favorite. I think that's my spirit animal. I love my dogs and my pig. Um, I, don't, I don't think I have a favorite, though. That one's tough, right? It's almost Sorry. Like, like disappointing. It's, yeah, it's tough to choose a favorite sometimes. You know, like I think the more that like, like the more connected you get with animals, like you feel more like closer. Like of course, like <clears throat> like dogs, you feel like m most people will feel closer to dogs, right? Um, yeah. But then, like the more time you spend with like pigs, you start you start loving them and learning them and like learning you know their yeah. nuances and their personalities and you know their intelligence and so like you start to you start to really. Um, enjoy their presence definitely a lot absolutely more. yeah 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 so it's hard to narrow it down to an actual favorite but yeah, i mean sure. of course i love mine the most <laughs> so <laughs> yeah right all right awesome so uh question number five if you could go back in time um what would be one thing that you wish you knew all right um when you first went vegan so imagine like you're a new vegan maybe a week or two weeks in it's like man i wish i knew this when i was brand new it would have helped me a lot um, after having already chosen to go vegan, you mean? Yeah. So after I'm already gone vegan, what, what do I wish I knew back then? Yeah. Um, 
um, I wish I knew initially when I had gone vegan, I wish I knew that we were not naturally built to consume animal products. So initially going to and and all the details behind that, which now I can, um, uh, or I can, uh, I know the the health reasons why we should be, be vegan and the fact that we're natural frugivores. But initially going vegan, not having that education behind me, like under my belt, uh, made it challenging because people would bring up points that I couldn't answer. So it, that was my first challenge. But then once I was armed with all the information that I could have and could, you know, uh, face any argument and obviously, you know, win because veganism wins, yay. Um, <laughs> then since then, yeah, it just, it's never been an issue. Yeah, I think that's a great one. Yeah, that, that, would, that was very handy too. I remember like even like one of the first things that I remember someone bringing up was about like iron or something like that. Like, yeah. like, oh yeah, you know, I went vegan, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. I think someone was just offering me to eat something. I was like, oh no, that's okay. Like, I don't eat that anymore. You know what I mean? They're like, what do you mean? You know, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't eat pizza or whatever, like with animal products, you know, or anything with animal products anymore, something like that, you know? And they're yeah. like, oh, what about this? What about that? What about iron? So I remember in the beginning, I was like, I don't know the answer. I was like, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I do need yeah. to eat cow liver to get iron. But then I learned and I realized, oh no. I don't have to eat someone's liver to get yeah. iron. It's just right here in the spinach. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like <laughs> I didn't have to kill an entire huge animal just to get their liver. You know, it seems yeah. very ridiculous. But it's good because people challenging us with that made us learn more. It helped us to educate ourselves more. So Yeah, because if that question wasn't brought up, I wouldn't have looked into it. You know, I would have been like, oh, let me find the answer, you know, and then I realized, yeah. oh, okay, now, now somebody asked that, at least I know how to answer the, you know, um, honestly with the right information, you know, exactly. Um, yeah, because it's just true. Like, okay, you can kill the cow, right. And, and, and take his life or her life and take their, their organs to get a little nutrient, you know, or you cannot do that. And then you could get it this way. Those are just true statements. And I'm, you know, you just eat some spinach and then, you, and then you get the same thing. So like, those are just normal statements that, that yeah. are, make it really, really easy. And they're just true, you know, and then it just makes someone think because they didn't know even that person, like, I don't feel bad for them. I mean, I feel bad a little bit for them because they just, they were taught the same thing that I was. Yeah. We, we all had that same educational system, but there's also a point in time where we can help to educate and people can make the choice to either listen or not listen or make the connection or not make the connection. But all we can do is help inspire and deliver that information. Yeah, absolutely. All right, great. So thank you so much for those quick vegan questions. Um, you My did a pleasure. great job. All right. So go ahead and share a little bit about you. Um, tell us who we're talking to, who we're talking to. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Nisreen Baraka, um, as you introduced me, thank you, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about our upcoming project. I will tell you, I, uh, I've moved to Belize about three and a half years ago, so I'll just quickly tell you my story and my reasoning for that. I had been vegan at that point, at this point now, it's been almost 10 years or so, um, and I, my life wasn't resonating with me. I was working in clinical research. Um, drug trials on, on patients. And it just, I was like, I'm vegan. This doesn't flow. I was not happy. I was just working to pay my mortgage, living, living a life that just didn't resonate with me. I just didn't have that, that deep happiness where it was like, okay, this is, this life is fine. It's how it should be, but it's not, it doesn't speak to me. I didn't feel like I was living with a purpose. And I knew I wanted to do something that revolved around veganism. Um, and I also knew I didn't want to live in that world anymore. The city life where everything was just too draining and too stressful. So 
I made the decision literally overnight to move to Belize. I hadn't heard of, well, I'd heard of Belize briefly many years ago. I didn't know anything about it. It rolled off my tongue. I was like, I'm going to research it and I'm just going to see what I can do to move there. And then in my short research, I discovered I can do this. I can sell my home. I can create a new life there and maybe I can do something that's a way of educating people about veganism. There is my purpose. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I, you know, left my life there. I came here. I started to build uh, my retreat center, uh, running vegan retreats, educating the world um, about veganism and also, you know, having yoga retreats here. And that was, and, and a small little rescue sanctuary as well, which I started. So then I was rescuing pigs and, and dogs. Um, and uh, so it just, it just started to roll into this retreat resort slash now it's a treehouse community. So that's basically what I've been up to for the last three and a half years. So it's just been this whirlwind of a life change. And now I feel like I'm living my greatest purpose being here. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. So how did you choose Belize? So I, um, when I was about 20, I'm 44 now. And when I was about, I think I was 19 or 20, I did a, a co-op placement at a travel magazine. And I remember the editor mentioned she had a quick visit to Belize, this place Belize, and she liked it. That was it. Never heard of it again. And 20 years later, I was like, Belize. It was literally like the word just popped in my head or some, it was implanted there. Like you need to go to Belize. Like there was some sort of calling. And then I felt this pull. And then literally I was like, I'm moving there before I'd even come here. I decided that I gave my work a year's notice because we were finishing up studies. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm moving to Belize. This is perfect. It's English speaking. I can afford it. I can get property near the water. Like it just, everything fit. And then when I came here, it was my validation. I just knew I came here and I was like, I'm home. And then I just, that the rest was history. I, I moved here sold everything, came here and started my life. What can you tell to people listening that are maybe like looking for their purpose in life and maybe they're at a corporate job or they're at a, you know, some kind of job that maybe they don't want to be in. What can you tell to those people about, about pursuing your passions and, and, you know, taking that leap of faith? Yeah. Um, well, first you need to take that first step. You need to believe in yourself. You need to start manifesting the life that you want to live. It is so important. I know those dead ends. I know what it feels like to be trapped in a place where you're like, I don't know how to get out. I don't know how to make this change. How do I do it? Well, that's what you start to ask yourself. And as soon as you ask that question out in the open, you're putting it out there. You're asking the universe. The universe is going to help you find the answers to that. The more you put it out there, the more you want to take the steps to living your dream, the more the universe is going to help you get there. So what you want to do is think about what is your best life. And your best life should be a life that is not a job, not your dream job, but rather something you're passionate about. And then how do you turn that into a lifestyle? So once you start to, you know, write that down and, and go into that and try to figure that part out, that's going to get the ball rolling. But you got to believe that you can do it. You got to believe that your purpose is greater than whatever nine to five job you might be in that you feel trapped in that is not, that doesn't resonate with you and that is not your passion. You need to believe that you have so much more to offer. And people don't even realize how talented or how gifted they are because they're trapped. In, and I didn't either. You're trapped in this job that's, you know, sucking out your creativity. You don't even have time to focus on yourself. And then it's once they leave that, once they step away from it and start to focus on themselves, they start to learn more about themselves and what they enjoy, what they're good at, and how they can turn that into a lifestyle. You got to get the ball rolling, though. It's just, it's how it works. It's literally that simple. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. That's great information. So for you, when you, when you take back in time and you're thinking about um, living a, a traditional lifestyle from where you come from, and, and you, you make a shift like eliminating all animal products and going vegan, that must have been a big change 
um, for you and maybe the people around you. Can you tell us a little bit about why you did that and maybe how that impacted you? Oh, absolutely. So I was, um, I went vegan, I went plant-based initially, and that was to support my mom who was, uh, who had breast cancer and she had breast cancer 10 years prior. She went through chemotherapy and had a mastectomy, a partial mastectomy. And then about, it was nine and a half, almost 10 years after that, her cancer came back with a vengeance, of course. And at that point I was working in clinical research and literally giving patients um, chemotherapy aggressive skin cancer. So I was in that industry and here I am hopeful that we're helping people. Um, and I wasn't vegan at that point, but then when the doctors had given her no hope and told her she just had a few months to live and they had completely toxified her body with so much chemo and just sent her home to die. We were like, well, we're not giving up. There's got to be more. So I started to research and then I learned about plant-based dieting and um, high dose ascorbic acid uh, intravenous treatments for, uh, for cancer and uh, just all these different holistic methods and uh, just learning more and more about plant-based dieting and Gerson therapy. So then we started, you know, hardcore juicing and she started to follow Gerson therapy and just to support her, I went plant-based as well. And the more I researched for her, the more I learned about how beneficial it, uh, it is for us how well it fights disease. And then I start, of course, you know, you learn about factory farming and all that. And it's like this whole, this whole like world that opens up with all this information that you had no idea about that we had no idea about. So then we started to see her get healthy very quickly. So when doctors had given her a few months to live, plant-based dieting gave her a few more years with us. Literally her cancer was undetectable by skin four months after she started Gerson therapy, hardcore juicing, going completely plant-based. Um, and then she did really well. And then the side effects from her chemotherapy did kind of catch up with her after a couple years of this. And her diet kind of, you know, she ate a lot of sugar and her diet kind of went back. And I, I'm not putting any blame on her for it coming back. She was already dealt a really hard um, deck to, to work with because she had undergone so much chemo already. So this was like a huge lifestyle change. But we saw plant-based dieting completely bring her cancer, make her cancer become undetectable by scan within four months of going plant-based. And then it gave her three more years with us. So that was huge for me. And I had never looked back since then. That's amazing. What would you say to people that are maybe listening right now that are maybe, that are maybe having a family member that's struggling with a preventable disease like cancer or diabetes or, or heart disease, maybe one of, the, one of those major kind of preventable ones, um, what would you say to them um, if, they, if they haven't made the switch and, and how that could help them? Well, I would say to them what I say to anybody that asks me that question. I do get a lot of people that ask, but whether people are uh, open to, to changing their diet completely, I mean, that's up to them. But I will always say the same thing, which is you need to change your diet completely. You need to go plant-based. You need to, you know, follow Gerson therapy. It's, a, it's stood the test of time. Um, you need to cut out all meat products, dairy, definitely. You need to cut out stress. Like these are things that you have to do. It's not just what you're putting in your body. It's how you're living your life as well. It's your mindset. It's, you know, you're not thinking, you can't think like, oh, I'm going to die. I have cancer and now I have to treat this disease. You've got to think more like, oh, okay, so here's my challenge and now I'm going to do this and then this is going to overcome it. You have to change the way you think. So I'll, I'll say the same thing to anybody that's facing, especially heart disease. That is 100% diet related. Change your diet, you are going to get healthier. Change your mindset, that's going to help you. Most cancers are often diet related. You know, change your diet, that's going to 
that's going to help you. Um, I will always stay true to telling people just through my own experience with my mom, my own experience through clinical trials, stay the hell away from chemo, radiation. These are toxic treatments. You cannot cure your body by poisoning it. It doesn't work that way. All you're doing is destroying all your healthy cells, your immune system, which is not going to be able to fight back, and you're, you're creating abnormal cells that are going to become resistant to the treatments that you're doing, which are way too toxic for humans to even be experimenting with. Um, so I stand by that. Stay away from chemo radiation, change your diet, change your lifestyle. I yeah, absolutely. Go on all day. <laughs> Even heart, heart disease is interesting because that's not always, people don't know that they have heart disease. People don't go get that checked. You know, people aren't getting angiograms and looking at their, their arteries and that sort of stuff. And, and I think it's about between 70 and 80% of people die on their first heart attack. So you don't even have a chance, you know, to mm -hmm. come back from it, you know, and when yeah. The word preventable is interesting because that means that, that you, can, you can actually prevent these things now and start preparing your body now uh, for later. Things accumulate, things build up you know, yep. um, within your body, whether it's toxins, whether it's, <clears throat> whether it's disease, whether it's cholesterol, whether it's ath you know, atherosclerosis, whatever, whatever is built, things build up over time. You know, things don't just happen overnight. You don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden you have diabetes. That's been built up you know, over time for long periods exactly. of time. And, and so it, it is, it is a, it is a total lifestyle thing, you know, including what we eat, of course, and what we yeah, don't definitely. eat. Sometimes what you don't what eat could don't be more eat. important than what you do eat sometimes. Um, yeah, exactly. depending, on, depending on what it is, you know what I mean? All right, cool. Yeah. So, um, another thing I want to know is more about this, um, the retreat, um, your projects that are coming up. And I want to, mm -hmm. I want you to explain that in a way, not only to share what you're doing, but also, how, how do you feel like that is giving back to the community as well? Like maybe how does it help the animals? How does that help the environment as well? Like what are some of the connections okay. that you see? Okay. So currently, as you know, that I've got the retreat center here and we, uh, it's all vegan food. I have a small rescue here and it's developed into a vegan treehouse um, intentional community. So, you know, privately owned treehouses and we're just like the small, we live in the small vegan bubble. Uh, most of the guests that come here are non-vegan, but they come for the vegan experience. We do meal prep with them. We teach them how to um, prepare their own meals at home and how to transition into a vegan lifestyle. But now, so that's, you know, small scale here. This is what we do here. It flows. It's beautiful. And then I had this opportunity to temporarily take over this cabana village that my friend had built nearby. And so I thought, well, it would be really great to inspire this on a larger scale and get vegans from around the world to come and be here and inspire intentional community living and we can show how good it is. So we got sponsorship to use these cabanas and then we did this whole interview process and you know, to get the right people in place, make sure everybody is you know, it's, it's like-minded, diverse group of vegans coming down. So, and they have, and they've just gotten here this month and it's been great. And the whole purpose of this it's to inspire intentional community living. It's to help do some outreach programs with the local greater community. Diabetes, uh, type 2 diabetes is rampant in Belize. Um, diet is a big issue here. Yeah. And they're really ready to learn more about proper dieting. Um, they are big supporters of my vegan bistro here. So, you know, people come and they love events. They love when we have events and there's food and they want to learn more. Um, they love coming for meal prep stuff. So this community is here to help reach out, educate them. We're holding events here so the local community can come and learn how to make their own meals. Um, they will participate in like shamanic yoga. They will be able to have experiences that they wouldn't normally be exposed to. And then they'll also get to see, of course, how great it is to live as a community, to work together. Everybody's got their own skills, and it's all complementary to each other and what we're all doing here. 
Uh, now, with the greater project beyond that, um, as you know, I'm also I also had <clears throat> had another opportunity where there's uh, I, I get to potentially recycle another resort. So there's uh, a what am I trying to say? Uh, a resort lodge in the Maya Mountains down south. And um, we want to take that over. It's on 40 acres and create a larger scale vegan eco-sustainable community. But in, in a different way where resort profits, the resort would be vegan and resort profits would go to fund that lifestyle there. So then what we would be doing is allowing people, people would have the opportunity to come to Belize live in an intentional community, live their dream. They would have their tiny home, buy their tiny home, and then live their dream. You know, what is your passion? What is your craft? What do you, how do you want to be spending your day? Do you want to meditate? Do you want to give back to the community? And there we will have our larger sanctuary. So then the resort itself, which will be vegan, and it'll help educate the outer community um, to become vegan. The restaurant will be vegan there, and then people can come and they can visit a vegan intentional community. And then it just helps to fund this. And then we are a, will be able to continue to do this and recycle other resorts. Now, doing this from the whole tiny home, the purpose with the tiny home is because we are not going to be disrupting jungle life um, or the jungle itself. So the purpose of the tiny homes is we're working with the jungle. So we're going to be creating, rebalancing the jungle, creating a food forest throughout the jungle um, and around all these tiny homes that are going to fit uh, intricately within the jungle so you know clearing some bush and clearing some sticks that we would use for building but not clearing the jungle itself and working with it living in harmony with the animals with each other and inspiring this way of life that's so cool so like within this community you would need like <clears throat> potentially like obviously people living in the community and then within that community you would need people pitching in like there'd probably be jobs and stuff for people within that community like you probably need people to um, help run the restaurant potentially, you know what I mean? Or like work in the restaurant or maybe, maybe you need people like, you know, just doing various, various things or, or, or food cultivating or helping with animal sanctuary, I would imagine. Right. So sanctuary stuff and helping to grow food because the food, um, the food forest is throughout and around surrounding everyone's home. So people can have their own gardens around their homes, but all the food forests we all contribute to the sanctuary we all contribute to. However, the resort is fully staffed. Um, it's got a great, you know, group of uh, Belizean staff already working there, and we still want to be able to, you know, be a part. Of, we don't want to isolate ourselves from the outer community. We want to be able to help giving, you know, help integrate them into our community and give them the jobs that they enjoy doing as it is. Like they've got a great chef there, and she does great plant-based meals, but it, but it isn't a vegan resort as it stands now, but it will be once we close and take over. Um, so, yeah, there's a great group already running the resort. So then that way it allows the actual community members, people that want to be part of this community to focus on the other things that they do, like whether they're health coaches, they might be yoga instructors, they might be um, wh whatever, whatever it is, painter, art, uh, painters, artists, um, anybody, you know, a designer, clothing designer of any sort, you know, anything like I'm just throwing things out there, but they can focus on their dreams and their crafts and make that part of their lifestyle. So we're, we're taking away from, you know, you got to get a job, you got to get a nine to five, you got to, you know, pay that mortgage, pay your bills, all these bills that we can't keep up with in an unsustainable way of life and recreating the way we're living. So it's like, no, what's your dream? You want to do that here? Let's figure out a way that you can do that. So let's create this community that's being funded by like, it's just, you know, this, this cycle of it's being funded and we're offering what we're offering. So it attracts the outer community to come and be a part of what we're doing. You know, you can visit the resort, you can take your family on a vacation at the resort and be part of a vegan community and be exposed to that and learn with us and just, you know, 
the whole thing. Yeah. So what are some common questions you get about, about um, maybe what you're doing or what you're trying to build? What are some common questions that people ask? What makes this even a possibility is that we're doing this here at Belize. I'm not doing this in Ontario, Canada, where I'm from. I'm not doing this somewhere in the U.S. where it's illegal to even catch rainwater. I'm doing this in a place where it's still beautiful, pristine jungle. It's a diamond in the rough. It's still protected. Um, and this, is, this way of life is very, very much encouraged here. You know, like it's, it's all communities in Belize. It's all villages. The only difference is this is a sustainable eco community um, that would be all vegan. And, you know, it would be, uh, we, we, you know, have a whole compost system. We have a whole ecosystem here. We have like, you know, a freshwater pool that's well fed. It's like, it's not, it's a whole different way of life and teaching that way of life, going back to our roots, you know, doing a whole human newer system for growing food, things like that. So it's a different type of community that's fully, um, on par with with Belize is you know wanting to you know remain sustainable and with all of their eco efforts that they're already part of um, like protecting the reef protecting marine life whereas in North America we can't do this this isn't encouraged off-grid living is not encouraged there so this is and we're in the jungle we're in our natural habitat we're working with the animals so we're able to do that here what are some so you have some people staying there right now right um and the cabanas and everything, what are some, what's some feedback that people are having? Okay, so now where they're staying is the cabana village. So the cabana village, everywhere, there's six cabanas. They've all got their own private cabana with their own private bathroom and bar-sized fridge. But what they share is this lodge setting, this building that has a communal kitchen. So everybody uses that kitchen to cook. And then there's the rooftop juice bar patio. So they share that and they share the grounds. Um, and But we're putting um, the gardens like the food like they have some food a bit of food growing there but a majority of it will be here on my property here at the resort which is a block away i've got all the coconut trees here and stuff so we've kind of got it spread out a bit but that's where they reside so they're learning how to live like a community in the sense that they're using a communal kitchen so now there's potlucks and there's events um there's different people doing different things there's a schedule for growing food a schedule for building structures a schedule for just different things and they're learning as they go and we're fil we're filming this so we're video documenting this because we're creating a documentary about sustainable eco communities so we're everyone is learning as they go just how to create a vegan sustainable community and how to live as a community and split projects that everyone's passionate about and, you know, split their time in the kitchen, wherever. So what would you say for you would be like the most exciting part about this community or, or creating communities like this? Are you, are you most excited about how it would help the environment? Are you most excited how it would help maybe the environment or the ecosystem or I mean, not the, the, I mean, sorry, the animals. Are you more excited how this uh -huh. would help maybe the animals worldwide or more excited about maybe how it would help the environment if, if this was adopted uh, more available, more worldwide? So both. So everything. So there's actually, there's three things that excite me the most about this. So it's the benefits for the environment, for the planet itself. Um, the benefits for the animals that, you know, rescuing is a huge part of this mission. Uh, it's one of the most important things, especially with the amount of stray dogs that are, are here. So a majority of what we, of who we rescue would probably be dogs as well as other farm animals. Um, and then also it's fun. So I'm literally here living my dream. And now it's like, Hey, what else is your dream? Let's create community living. It's fun. It's a great way to live. So that's what I'm doing. I'm basically just manifesting, you know, what, what do you want to live? Where do you see yourself in a year from now? Oh, let's do this. Hey, it's fun. We can make it happen. So I'm reading the signs. I'm seeing the opportunities that are coming my way. And instead of being like, Hey, wouldn't that be great? But nah, I'm saying, Hey, 
wouldn't that be great? Let's try this. So yeah, for sure. that's a big part of it. It's fun. What do you feel like are some of the challenges that you faced for so far and maybe some of the challenges that you foresee in the upcoming future? Okay, so there has been a lot of challenges. There's a lot of roadblocks. There's a lot of things where the universe is going to say, how badly do you want this? How are you going to get through this part? And a lot of lessons along the way and a lot of, you know, uh, rerouting my direction with certain things, with the way I'm doing things. A lot of things I've done here have been, you know, hey, this is a great experience. Now let's go in this direction. And that's, you know, that's the flow of things. You experience things. Does it work? Does it not? Um, But a lot of the challenges is, the reality is we're in a third world country. So things don't get... Um, done accordingly, you know, how we might need them to be. Um, or for example, I have, uh, I have a, a meeting with the, I get to have a meeting with the mayor regarding um, the closing of one of our dumps, which is supposed to be closed and people go there and they burn garbage. And, you know, like, so there's things like that that you deal with and there's not really any enough infrastructure for anybody. There's not really enough of anything. Like nobody's really going out there and monitoring that. Like, so these are the things that you deal with, but then you try to figure out a solution on your own. Like how do we, how can we be proactive in making these changes? So it's those challenges that we face and then we figure out a way of making it work. So every challenge becomes something like we need to, there's a lesson here and we need to figure out how to make this work because it's only going to benefit us. So um, the third, you know, being in the third world, um, the, those types of challenges and just things working, uh, moving at a, at a much slower pace, being very limited with a lot of the resources here. So you have to figure out a different way of life. You will, you know, change your entire way of thinking. It's not a North American lifestyle here. And when people come here and they try to integrate that world here, it does not work. And they do end up leaving. It's just, it's two different worlds. You need to be ready to let go of that. So there's those challenges that you face, but um, it's also, it can not, the weather here can be challenging because it can get very, pretty hot. So it's challenging with growing food. And then rainy season, even though we don't get a whole lot of rain in the Northern part, we do get a lot of mosquitoes in, during rainy season from like July till the end of November. So these are the challenges that we face. So we work around that, you know, in Canada, I had winter so I had to work around that challenge. Here I have mosquitoes in rainy season. Yeah, for sure. So right now, do you have like a team around you, like a team that you've assembled, you know, that work directly with you? Or are you kind of doing it solo? Um, for which part? So there's different people that are part of different things here. Um, like running retreats, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for the retreats. Yeah. Okay, so running retreats currently, I'm doing that solo, but it's up and down. So right now, running retreats, I'm doing it solo, but I bring people in. So there's different, you know, yoga teachers that are here that'll come and they'll run their retreat for that week. Uh, health coaches, because we've got them in the community now. So, you know, people that want to spend some time with some really, really informative, um, inspiring health coaches, they can do that. But so I'll have different people here at different times. So we'll have different retreats. Um, and then, this spring, I have one of the new treehouse owners are coming and they're a plant-based chef and uh, yoga teacher trainers. So like, we're going to be adding that aspect to the retreats as well. So I do have a team, but it's, it's, you know, up and down. So we have, I have a team for certain things. And then a lot of times I'm here on my own. A lot of times I get to have a lot of alone time here. People use their tree houses as, you know, a second home and then they're back in the U.S., you know, doing whatever they're doing or wherever they're from. Um, but the other team, the vegan community that's here, they're staying offsite at their cabana village, which is just like a block that way. Um, and they're a great team for everything that we're doing as far as the outreach stuff that we want to do with the outer Corazel community. So that, that's that team for all of that stuff. Cool. So how soon can we see um, the new bigger project um, being ready to go? So the new bigger project, we're going to be there in February, marking the spots for the tiny homes. And we're going to be video documenting the whole um, experience while we're there. We'll be there for four days. So you're going to see a lot of footage coming up and we're going to be putting a um, 
model home here at this location so then people will have the option of coming and seeing it and potentially staying in it because they're definitely going to want to see that and we want to show you how great it is to have a different um, a different style home because we're doing things in a different manner we're doing ecosahedron five-sided um, uh, dwellings which are you know if you picture like a yurt style something more round um, you can have the option of canvas you can have the option of uh, wood can, uh, wood paneling, uh, just so different materials that can be used that are all sustainable, or you can go the treehouse option. So there's different options for people. Right now I have treehouses that people can see here, and then they would have that option at the new location, but the model home will be the five-sided ecosahedron shape, so, and with a, a loft in it, so they'll see that diverse type of home, which I really believe is the way of the future. Um, you know, rather than just, you know, everybody getting the same, you know, boxy square homes. Um, and I mean, a lot of this is, is my surrounding influences, my partner who's a big believer in this. Um, and I, I fully agree with them. And I'm just going to turn this so you see that they just, the community that's here just currently is building that shade house there doing an eco, I don't know if you could see it very well. but Yeah, yeah, there. I can see. Doing, yeah. Okay, cool. Doing an ecosahedron shape. Um, and it's hurricane proof. It gives you more space inside and it creates a more harmonious um, peace of mind. So, and we're learning, you know, we're learning more about that sacred geometry and how that, uh, that just helps, you know, alleviate stress. It helps with your mindset. It just helps with a lot of things. So nice. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm super yeah. excited. You know, I mean, I, I really want to learn more about this and I know the people listening will want to learn more about this. So is there one big thing that maybe you want to add that you didn't talk mm -hmm. about or maybe something that you really want to reiterate and state again that you feel like it's really important, like people listening, they, they can't forget this? Um, yeah, actually, one thing that we, we didn't touch on and that I would like to add is the importance, not only just the importance of vegan lifestyle and your diet, it's, it's important in how you live and how you manifest to really clean up your diet and live an alkaline and keep an alkaline body. Um, clean mind, clean body, clean spirit. This is the way that you're going to raise your vibration. This is the way that you're going to manifest things a lot easier. This is the way that you're going to gain clarity. Um, I, people are very divided. They really live in a third dimensional physical world. And, and they really, I mean, we're, we're taught this, that this is, you know, all there is, and then we go to heaven, you know, but there's that, none of that is here. Like we've, we've separated this, these two places. So, you know, physical and then spiritual, and that's based on whatever your belief system might be. But that's, you know, that's crap. We're no, we're learning this now that we are light beings. We're having a physical experience here. So the more you want to get into that way of life, that way of thinking and opening yourself up to that, you want to definitely adopt a plant-based, a very clean plant-based diet, you know, eliminate your sugar, cut out your animal products. And then you want to meditate and you want to do things that are going to raise your vibration because then you're going to, the things that you are going to manifest are just going to happen for you that much easier. You're going to see that everything is interconnected. So I just, I can't stress that enough. That's a huge important part of living your dream, creating your dream and taking your steps towards your dream. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they say always say your health is your wealth. You know, like if if you, wealth, if, yeah. if you don't take care of yourself, um, there's no way that you can take care of all the other things. I mean, the, even even the old, you know, if you're in an airplane and you know the oxygen mask comes down, and you always want to put on your oxygen mask first before you can help others. Yes. You know, exactly. all of that is all is all true and all connected. And and without taking care of that piece first, you're right, you're not likely to hit a lot of the dreams, you're not likely to accomplish a lot of the goals um, that you want, even the ones that maybe like have bad health and that are successful. Like, I mean, 
I mean, some of those guys have to really persevere and really have to suffer a lot more than they, yeah. than they need to, you know, they could do it a yeah. lot, probably a lot, a lot healthier. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe get even better goals or better accomplishments, you exactly. know, who knows what they could yeah. become if they did that, you know, but exactly. I think that's definitely a huge trend, especially in the successful or businessy world or all those sort of things, you know, health is becoming something that people do talk about, you know, um, all across the all across the board, you know what I mean, and it's really interesting to see. Um, I mean, some got it right, <laughs> some don't, but at least they're talking yeah. about it. At least they're talking about it, yeah. Um, and and it's it's becoming um, more of a of a of a talking point. Even for myself, like first I I went vegan for health, you know, but then I learned about the animals and the environment. I learned how much mm-hmm. I want to impact that, but then then I get away from my health, and I'm like, okay, you know, let me get back to that. So it's like a it's like something that. It has to be the number one, the number one focus, you know, for yourself so that you can, you can push yourself forward and you can do more. You can, you can, you can live happier and healthier, but also you can accomplish more if that's what you're trying to do. If you're trying to make an impact, you know, if you're, if you're sick and dying, you're not going to make much of an impact. Exactly. The biggest impact you're going to make is by being the change that you want to see. Inspire others by being that change. And that's, that is your best impact right there. Yeah, 100%. So where can people reach out to you? Um, where can people connect with you? Maybe they want to learn more about you. Maybe they want to learn more about the retreat. Maybe they want to learn more about um, potentially getting one of these uh, mini homes and being part of the community. Um, what kind of yeah, things definitely. That can people do there? If you're vegan, you definitely want to uh, start uh, looking into these communities that we're doing. Um, so you can reach out on Instagram, if you like, at, uh, at Plant Based Belize, um, Facebook at Serenity Retreats Belize, or you can email me at info at serenityretreatsbelize.com. All right. That's great. And we'll put all the information on the screen um, for the YouTube uh, when it's ready for YouTube. Uh, So yeah, um, thank you so much. I learned so much from you and I had a great time. It looks absolutely beautiful where you are. Anyone that's listening to this podcast, please make sure to watch on YouTube. It'll be available on YouTube so you can watch and you can see kind of like the beautiful background when she was showing um, the, the houses. I'm also going to put footage, you know, of some of the stuff that we talked about, um, on the YouTube so you can get, um, people can get pictures of that and videos so they can see, um, what exactly are you talking about? All right. Um, so, so I think that's another cool way that people can get a chance to, um, see what's going on. They can listen and watch at the same time. All right. So thank you so much. Yeah. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Um, and, uh, can't wait to talk to you soon. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, Kevin. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Please, please, please make sure that you guys share this with anyone that you think will find this interesting. And also make sure that you guys subscribe because I can see a lot of you guys are listening, but you aren't subscribed. So please subscribe. And also don't forget to go to my website where you can leave comments and see more content at veganluna.com.